Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of Three Ring Circus. I'm your host, Robert Deering, and hopefully today I'll pique your interest, get you roped in. As the description says, this podcast is from anything from current events, history, to my love for motorcycles and motorcycling. A little about myself, I am a veteran of the United States Navy, retired in 2009, and uh, I currently still work in the shipping industry, or shipbuilding industry, I should say. But this podcast was something that uh, actually my kids have been noodling me to put together for a while now. Uh, one, I think it's so that I stop having long-winded talks with them and do it with somebody else. And two, I think they're tired of hearing dad jokes, but uh, one never can be too sure. So the format of the show is going to be once a week, we'll put together a 30-minute podcast, give you some current events, maybe some historical uh, stuff. Maybe at some point, if this works, we'll do, uh, we'll have guests and we'll do cool things, um, you know, this day in history, that kind of thing. The biggest thing I want this to be is a, a referendum on ideas. We're missing so many ideas today. I don't know if it's, um... I don't know if it's just me or if anybody else feels this way, but right now we're a country divided here in the United States. We're divided by race. We're divided by illness. We're divided by social, economical, I guess that's not even a word, socioeconomic uh, division. And a lot of me likes to wonder how we got here. You know, back on Memorial Day, we had the horrific killing of George Floyd. And like many Americans, I was outraged. And I never really understood fully what the issues were. I never read the history, never thought about what Black Lives Matter really means. I never really protested. You know, tragedies were horrible. But this time was different. This time was a public execution. And it was willful. And it was horrible. And so ever since then, now we're coming up on July 4th. It's the week before July 4th. And, you know, we've had protests every week. I'm I'm out of the Seattle area. So um, if anybody watches any news at all, they know of the chop and, and everything going on there. And, you know, I'm... I'm really troubled, and I'm troubled because there seems to be a theme in our country right now of of division, a theme of uh, get your politics, 
I can remember a time, of course, I was a lot younger. I was a child, but I can remember a time when it wasn't uncommon for there to be bipartisanship in, in the Congress and a president did what was right by moral standard. And you know, it's just not happening now. And I have some strong political opinions at the present time, and my wife would tell you that they're pretty intense. Um, and they're a total 180 from where I was 15 years ago, five years ago, four years ago. It's pretty crazy. But I think that my views have changed because of what we've become. You know, we have COVID-19 stopping the world in its tracks, especially the United States. And like we literally have people coughing on other people in stores because they don't want to wear a mask. They don't want to listen to science. In fact, they want to go party on South Beach, which this time of year, not a bad idea, but it's not good for our health, <laughs> apparently. I've been home for like four months. And it stinks, but, well, it doesn't really, it does stink, yeah. Not being at work is a difficult thing. But, you know, I can't help but think, you know, if we had some sort of federal, not even federal, just united leadership. And, yeah, it should be federal. But instead, we've got medical professionals begging for PPE. No more hospital beds. No more ventilators. And the president that puts it on the states to handle it. And there are reports out there that, you know, even when the states have gone out to procure their own PPE, they've been undercut by the federal government for the national stockpile, which is insane to me. And going back a few minutes to the George Floyd topic or racial inequality as a whole people of color are disproportionately affected by this illness and it seems not to affect anybody in D.C. you know and the answer that well we have more positives because we have more testing is um essentially ludicrous to me I I don't understand how stopping testing makes the virus go away but someone will have to explain that to me but the question is mask or no mask what do you I had a friend today send me a message or a meme and it said uh, 
you know, mask not for COVID-19 protection. And I had to explain to him that, you know, hey, it's, it's not about what you're protecting. It's about protecting others. That mask is to keep the infection. If you are asymptomatic, it's to keep you from spreading it. A lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people, you know, this is a terrible disease. And I don't think that it's affected in enough people in a way. You know, it's not like, you know, with the prevalence of news and, and the Internet that we have today. You know, it, it's in no way like the Spanish flu of, of you know, 1916, I think. But... At any rate, you know, news was localized and and you knew what was happening in your area and it wasn't a global 24-hour news cycle like there is now. So I don't, you know, I think, you know, one of the curses of the news cycle on the internet that we have is that it's readily available. Well, I mean, people don't think it affects them because, you know, they're not in a dangerous area. I just can't seem to get over why we're so divided, both on race and, you know, on science regarding a pandemic. You know, I can remember a, a very united country in 2001, and even up until, you know, recently, people were fairly united. I just don't understand why now we're in a different position. But why do we lack leadership? You know, I spent ten and a half years in the Navy. I was reasonably successful. I excelled at leadership. And one of the first things that the military teaches you about leadership is you're out in front. If you want something, your your subordinates have to see you do it. They have to see you carry it out. And they'll do it. And that doesn't seem to happen now. In fact, our president willingly refuses to wear a mask in public um, and, and it, it just boggles my mind I won't even say it's a good idea to wear a mask it's, we've had this pandemic for six months and you know today was the first time the vice president actually said hey it's a good idea if you wear a mask I find that pretty shocking So we have no federal direction, we undermine our science, and we have no example. What does that mean? You know, the common refrain you hear is, don't be sheep. Well, (laughs) I don't get that. Like, how... 
How are you a sheep if you want to protect your family? Well, I mean, there's a lot of great arguments out there, you know. Why are we protesting mask wearing on state capitals carrying guns? Or protesting reopening the economy with guns? What purpose does that serve? It's just the world is flipped upside down. Probably the big news of the day and probably the one thing that pushed me over the edge as far as whether I was going to do a podcast or not. Um... was the developments in the last 24 hours that Russian GRU has placed bounties on American and allied service members in Afghanistan. And those bounties are being supposedly carried out by Taliban fighters. I think the biggest revelation in that whole thing is The timing, the supposed knowledge, was gained in D.C. right before our president asked to invite Russia back into the G7, which I find pretty startling. You know whether you agree or not with President Trump and it's at this point, it's not even a Republican Democrat issue. It's really not. You know, from my point of view, it's whether you want this Republic, this nation of laws to remain. I mean, that's really what we're talking about here. You know, I've been pretty incensed with a lot of the other stuff I've seen. You know, uh, the protesters in Lafayette Square that got gassed for a photo op uh, with the president. Um, You know, that incensed me pretty bad. I I got pretty upset about invoking the military or or pushing the military or threatening to push the military on the protesters. Um, Now, just so you know, the active duty military is different than the National Guard. So the National Guard, that's part of their function, and I had no problem with that. But I I do have a problem with the 82nd Airborne rolling into the White House. Um, That's a huge, huge thing. That's a big, that's a big quandary. Because, you see, when you take an oath... In the military, you take the oath. The oath is to support and defend the Constitution. The oath is not to a person. It's to a nation. It's to an ideal. And that ideal is that we're a nation of laws and we're a nation of rights. Certain unalienable rights, I believe the Federalist Papers call them. And that's why you serve. 
you may not walk in the boot camp and say, you know, I'm here to support my constitution, that's why I want to serve. <laughs> I, I didn't. You know, it was I want to see the world and the ocean and, yeah, because the Navy at the time was the only one that was deploying overseas. I, was, I want to go see the world. But at some point in your military career, you realize, especially in the last 20 years, I mean, we've been at war for 20 years. In the last 20 years, you go, you know, support and defend the Constitution. Now, that's what it means. That's who you serve. You serve the ideal. So, to take the military and threaten to use them on people exercising those certain unalienable rights um, is really hurtful. It's really, uh, it evokes a really, really mad response from me. Looting and rioting is wrong. I, I don't think anybody would disagree with that at any sense of the word. Any sense of it is, is wrong. But I will point out that there are plenty of instances that looting and rioting took place over the last three months carried out by alt-right organizations like the Boogaloo Boys um, and several others. Um, in fact, uh, the police officer that was killed in California was killed by a Boogaloo Boy, not by a person of color. Not by a Black Lives Matter protester. And sure as heck, not by Antifa. Now, I'm not siding with any with them. I'm just saying those are the facts. But I will say, I, I, we have to be on the right side of history here. For our, from our inception in 1776, we've, you know, we have been a model for the rest of the world. And yeah, we have problems. Um, and we have a lot of problems now, but I would still dare say that slavery is probably our number one sin in our history. And I don't think that there's any reasonable-minded adult in the world that would say otherwise. So... We do have some issues, but what country doesn't? Anyway, back to the issues I have. My, my moral compass, my, mor my moral gyro being shaken to the core. You know, the impeachment was a partisan act. I I found the evidence compelling. <clears throat> I would have voted for conviction. <coughs> Excuse me. And I probably would have voted for conviction and removal. But it didn't happen, and that's fine. 
but our president didn't learn. He took it as a cue to just totally destroy us as a country, as a people. So, you know, last week we have the rallies in Oklahoma and in Tucson. They went against every grain of our own CDC's guidelines. To this news today about Russian bounties. And not only does that hit me right in the feels, because I have active duty brothers and sisters that are in Afghanistan right now, they're not my real brothers and sisters. They're brothers and sisters in arms that, you know, the enemy already has enough motivation to try to kill us. Money only makes it better for them. So that's a problem for me. But to find out that there's the potential that our president was briefed and did nothing, that's a problem. And if what our president says is true, and I pray to, I, I pray it is because otherwise it's horrible. But what he says is that he was never briefed. And I have a hard time believing that. I mean, the other possible scenario is that he was given his brief, the written brief, and he never read it, which, uh, to my understanding, happens quite frequently from various reports I've seen. That he's not reading the briefings for the intelligence briefings. So, you know, that puts us in two different places here. I mean, if it's not reading the briefings, that that's negligence. That's, you know, that's not doing your job. And I think we've all seen enough patterns here in the last several months, at least, for you to make a decision in November. But then again, at worst, he was told about it. The brand new director of national intelligence who's been in office for a month said today that the president was never briefed. But this took place several months ago, like three months ago. So, you know, we have a cover-up going and it's treason. And the sad part about it is that it could go either way. I think there's a, it's pretty sad in our day and time when you cannot believe your president and either either scenario might be true. That's pretty startling. So you know, I would offer that well, I mean <laughs> I've been trying to be kind of neutral, uh, but I'll 
blatantly I'm I've lumped pretty much anybody that supports Trump after today they, they're just as treasonous now the truth may come out and it may be something differently but at, at best it's a case of negligence at worst it's treason so that's that's pretty pretty damning in itself My main goal, something I would really love for us to see, is for our country to unite. You know, we are different than anybody in the world. And we spilled a lot of blood to prove it. And it would be something really horrible for that to be in vain. This country is a world leader. She's been a world leader since she was founded. Since she defeated the British on Independence Day. The flag we fly, the flag we protest, the flag we burn is our flag. And you know what? We have the right to do all three of those things. It's legal. And I, for one, would really love to see us unite. To see us take pride in ourselves civically, entrepreneurially. I don't even know if that's a word. I hope it is. And most of all, as a family, because we are a family. We have a lot of fix. A lot of stuff to undo. But you know what? Uh, my wife taught me that uh, when you unpack those things and you work it out, the end result's so much better. So with that being said, I want to thank you for your time. I hope this is the first of many podcasts. I hope my ideas are resonating. And I'd really love if you could get some to me that resonate. This three-ring circus is the people's three-ring circus. You'll notice uh, the intro song was Raising Us the Machine. Something we need to do right now, by the way. It's time for the people to be heard. And we're doing that. So I thank you. I look forward to next week's podcast hopefully it won't be so heavy we'll have a little fun have a good evening have a good week thank you